Good morning, Westeros. And welcome to our Morning Donors Podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Jeff. And I'm Kyle. And we're the fucking Morning Throners. And welcome back to another episode of your favorite Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We are your Morning Throners coming at you hot with Jamie 2. Gents, how are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Later than normal. Man, fuck Jamie. Yeah, Jamie's a kind of dickhead, but he's a funny dickhead, like I said. It is a little bit later than usual. I think we're all a couple more drinks in than usual to start. I don't know where Nelson's at. I'm not. This is still my first. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. I have a confession to make. The two chapters that I've had to listen to because I didn't have time to read, both Jamie, which is kind of funny because I have some... some. Uh, you said you don't like the guy's Brienne voice. Well, he talks doing. like this for Brienne. <laughs> but it's it was a- just funny. I was like, damn. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Fuck Jamie, you came in hot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much where it uh, comes down to, right? I, I don't know. It, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I don't want to say that I like it because I really don't. I, I, it's kind of tough to read still. Mm. I mean, he's obviously just doing it to push your buttons, but at the same time, like he's a huge prick. For sure. I think he's, and you kind of see at the end, he's trying to push your buttons so that he can make his move, right? Like get close enough that he can fight her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Is he really, I mean, I kind of think he's that way anyway. Like he's just an antagonizing personality. Well, exactly. And he's been, been the best or this lauded dude his whole life. Pretty much like he's, yeah, everybody else is nobody compared to him in his own mind as well. So it's just, like I said, he's, he's, he's abrasive. I mean, and that's just kind of the character as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the best part of the chapter is the history stuff, right? So yeah, that's what I was going to say. We, we do get a cool side of, of finding out a lot of the things that kind of Ned was wondering. And, you know, like we'd heard mm. people kind of questioning these things. The biggest bomb, to me at least, was ill and pain. We got the, the why his tongue came out, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, that, that part was really, yeah, I like that part. It was a good history dump. And it was, like, a lot of stuff that we cared about. Yeah, over, to go over, like, the short version of, like, the recap of the chapter... Basically, they get off the river, get on the land, and then short argument between Brienne and Jamie, and then Jamie has a lot of history thinking and dreaming. All right, that's pretty much mm-hmm. the short. Yeah, that's version. pretty much it. Yeah, they stop at an inn and don't learn a whole lot, but they have a conversation. Uh, yeah, with uh, most mostly the the guy who's took it over. Well, they learn a lot about each other as well, right? Like, that's I mean, what, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Kyle, yeah, exactly. Like that's like their dynamic changes a little there. Like. Yeah, Jamie, I think, gets some respect for Brienne a little bit. He's like, dang, she's not just like a dumb idiot. Like, she's actually. Yeah. Yeah, she caught a lot of stuff. More than Cleo's, at least. Yeah. Yeah. She can handle herself. I mean, this is the second chapter. She's. I mean, the first one, she did a dope ass trick off the mountain. (laughs) Ran up the island and and pushed a rock off. Yeah. Now she's kind of seeing through a plan of them getting. I mean, probably captured and sending the horses right back up the the trail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, That's what so, at least Jamie assumes. All right, so let's get into it. So I, I kind of took some shit notes at the beginning, but they come upon the crossing, right? They get they get out of the off the river. They see yep. this crossing. There's no lights uh, on. There's no real signs of anybody being there, right? Yep. Cleos is like, oh, they have pretty good ale there. I've been yada yada yada. They decide to walk up to it. Yeah, Cleos was here on the way up, right? Yeah. Yeah, and. Was it this one or was that the last? Because they were they stopped at an end last chapter, right? But there was Cleos was at that one too. I don't was Cleos at this one where where the people were hanging. Yeah, I think Cleos is into that. He one. might. I'm sure he's. They stopped at most on gotcha. the way up. Yeah. If you would think. 
But yeah, so there, and this inn is like kind of special. Well, not special, but like they notice the sign and we get like a little history lesson here, right? Well, like Cleo said, he stopped here, but he didn't realize this was this place already. He tried their ale. I know he tried. He said they made a good ale. Oh yeah, you're right. He said the inn was still open when I last passed this way. They brewed a fine ale. Perhaps there's still some to be had. And then later he's like, oh, this is the inn of the kneeling man. Like he sounds surprised, I guess. it's like, Yeah. Well, they tell, who do they tell the story to? I, or I guess- your point is they all know it already. Well, Jamie kind of tells him because Jamie la- he sees a sign. Jamie laughs and says, "Like, could we have picked a better place?" And Brienne asks, "Like, oh wait, is it is there something special? Yeah, about that's this what place? I'm saying. Uh, yeah." And then Cleos is the one that explains the story. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Cleos knows the story because he's been here before. That don't make sense. Yeah. So on the sign, there's a, a kneeling man, and it's the story told of Torrin Stark coming down from uh, the north to meet Aegon the Conqueror uh, right after the Battle of the. What's the the field of fire? Flaming f- field of fire, and instead of fighting, when they see the dragons, he kneels. <laughs> yeah. So we heard about this field of fire battle in a different chapter. Kyle, do you remember? Pretty recently. Um, I mean, it was probably was it Danny? It was Sansa. Sansa. She was talking to Lady Olena. Lady Olena explains that the Tyrells are kind of like up jumped. They weren't even kings before Aegon came. Aegon killed the king that was of that, like... Of the Reach? He killed the king of the Reach on the field of fire. Okay. And that's how they became the new king. Because they were like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll kneel. And because they were like the first secondary lords to kneel, that's kind of how they became the new highest lords of that area. But yeah, this goes back to like, oh yeah, Aegon fucked up some kings on the field of fire. That matches up with what we... Again, nothing crazy, but stories match up. So... Basically, right after that happened, I guess the Starks were coming down to join the fray, but on the way down, get news of what happened. He's like, all we're right, good. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to give it over to the Manderleys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We'll, Screw we'll bend, this. Bend All right. So I think Jamie was just like, all right, we're going in. Or I, I want to sleep here. Let's see who's home. Yeah. Shoulders in. Boom. Crossbow pointed at his face. Uh, and it's this boy there who... He's kind of like it, it's a pretty witty back and forth. Like Jamie <laughs> yeah. doesn't even care, right? Or it, lion, fish, or wolf is what the boy says, and Jamie's yeah. like, "We we're hoping for K-pop." <laughs> yeah, great start to the yeah. combo. And then he's like, "Sure, you can shoot me, but I mean, she'll fuck you up before you yeah, can even get wound or whatever." Yeah. But he's like, "Why is why is he in shackles?" And he's like, "Because I killed too many crossbowmen." <laughs> yeah, cross yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, he's like, "Is there any ale?" And he's like, "Yeah, if you take your sword belt off, maybe we'll." with his CDS. So Cleos and Brienne do, they take their sword belts off and he's like, I think it's still just the crossbow kid at this point. He's like looking out the window, sees the Tully sail. He's like, what the heck? What's going up? What's on? Uh, you guys are from River Run. And this is when I think guy comes upstairs. He comes up, he has a butcher's cleaver and he's like, we got enough meat for three. It was an old tough horse, but it was it's fresh at least. The meat's still good. Any bread? Any bread? Yeah, but it's stale. And Jamie laughs and he's like, well, there's an honest and keep. They all serve you that kind of bullshit food, but... <laughs> But they don't tell you. So we learned that this innkeep isn't actually an innkeep. They just kind of taken over an empty innkeep. And yep. the, the... He says it's empty and... The prior and the, the women were buried out back. Yeah. Yeah, so like... So did you kill him? Yeah. He didn't really say and who knows, right? Would I tell you if I did? <laughs> but he says no. It's probably lions or something else. He's like, it's just dangerous spots, basically, is what he's saying. Who knows what happened. Do you believe... Kyle, do you believe that? I don't know. I mean, like, if if he really is with a a band of ruffians, right? Like, who's to stop him from doing that? 
I didn't I, I didn't really remember the details of the end. So like I'm just like, oh shit, like yeah, they died, but I'm deaf I I think I don't even know the answer. I think they they killed them and it's their trap now, right? It seems like it's their Yeah, but at the same time, like I mean, there is enough stuff going on. I know I was the one that posited the other way, but like I mean, I could see both being very true. And again, and we don't know exactly how much of what he says is true, but if he did just take in like this kid, like maybe he's not like an absolutely horrible person. I don't which think he may- just took in this kid. I think it's like this kid joined the bandit group, right? Sure. But but there's a <laughs> women. Yeah. I mean, do women run with bandits? I don't know. I mean, he's- yeah, but if you're taking in, I think that the type of person that takes in a 15 year old kid who lost his mom, and they say that the kid lost his mom from the bloody mummers. Right. The bloody mummers yep. killed his mom. We know who that is. Those aren't yeah. some good people. Those are all the crazy people Ari yeah. was cooped up with at Herod Hall. So like, and they took this kid in after that. It makes me think they're not horrible people. So maybe maybe that's just me being too. Uh, I mean, you just grow your bandit group. What are you talking about? Like they're they're making more criminals, and you're saying they're good people. Uh, is that really the argument you're saying right now? They didn't do anything criminals yet. I mean, they they're suspected of criminal activity. Less less bad than the bloody mummers <laughs> is what Nelson's yeah. going for. So, I mean, and like, he's like, oh yeah, my wife. Yeah. She's, she's out. She's out. You know, yeah, like sus. there's no, there's no lady around. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so this, he's just making another criminal. I, I disagree. Hard disagree with what you're saying. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. So they pay him some silver for a meal. Uh, and the cook starts cooking up some onions and, and horse steaks. Uh, and then they, and some stale oat cakes and they start sitting down and they begin to talk. Right. Yep. Uh, and he's, he's taken interest in, in where they're headed. Like what, what, I don't think he really cares about why, but he well, asked, he asked where they're from first. He, he yeah. knew from Riverrun, but he asked for news. They're yeah. Like, yeah Hoster, Hoster's not looking great. Which I can't believe they just told him that, right? Well, they didn't tell him the most important news from Riverrun, which is that J.B. Lannister just escaped. They withheld that <laughs> news, which is smart of them. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like, like Hoster being this bad was like kind of hush hush even in River Run. My thought for this was wasn't so much on that. It was I wonder if and I doubt it because like you would think that if Jamie escaped, the news of him escaping hasn't quite got as far as he has yet. But what if the news of him escaping had gotten here? And when they yeah. say it's kind of like the trick that Mance did on John, where he's like, "Hey, how'd you know where we were?" And then Torben's like, "Oh, we're Craster." He's like, "I knew it was Craster. I wanted to see if they tell the truth." That's kind of what I thought here. But mm-hmm. then I was thinking, like, well, they probably just don't have news of that yet. You know I, what I mean? I'm, he probably I'm gonna even say like Cleos is the one that says Holster's failing. Like he doesn't really care about Holster. True. So here it's another thing they they note right, the, and it's interesting that like the the innkeeper that's not an innkeeper thinks Cleos is in charge, even though Brienne right, is right. to us clearly in charge. He thinks that Cleos, because he's the man. He's the man. Jamie's in chains. Mm-hmm. Cleos is in charge. And even later, he says, like, I don't see three people or, or three armed men. I see a man <laughs> with his woman and a prisoner. So, like, she doesn't even get considered as armed, even though she is. Was, and she probably she is way more diesel than <laughs> yeah. Cleos. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cleos is yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> So he's like, where are you guys headed? And he's like, we're going to King's Landing. And the man's got some stale news there. Or, again, I haven't figured out the timeline. Well, he says, don't go down the King's Road. He says, it's getting worse and worse. Wolves and lions, everybody's, like, killing everything. There's roaming bandits that have, like, really no allegiance. Kind of doing the same, coming and cleaning everybody up. Before mm-hmm. that, though, he he says that Stannis is outside King's Landing with oh, yeah. 100,000 men and a magic sword. And Jamie gets pissed, like... Grabs his chains. He thinks I know where I'm gonna stick that, <laughs> stick his magic sword. Yeah. But like, 
either stale news, this guy's given false news, like old news on purpose, yeah. or, again, I just I haven't figured out the timelines completely. Yeah. All I got is I mean, a half moon out. I mean, he's also not like a connected <laughs> dude, right? Like, people are sending this dude the mail. Like, exactly. Yeah. Which is probably the latest he's heard. He does hear some newish news that there were ships up the river that crashed, right? Yeah. So he says, yeah, King's Road's not good, like Kyle said. But then the other thing he says is, yeah, you guys don't want to be going by river anyway. Well, yeah. like you said, Jeff, earlier, he's interested in where they're going. She's like, what path are you planning on taking? And what's she say? She plans to go by. Uh, Duskendale? Is that the Maiden's that's, Pool? That's, a, that's part of it. Brosby. Yeah, I, I was listening, Tried so it. I didn't catch all the notes. I know she, she, they want to end up on a track towards Maiden's Pool and going through there. So, Yeah, so we're pulling out the map right now. Follow the trident to the sea. We'll find the mounts at Maiden Pool. Yep. We'll find mounts at Maiden Pool and ride by the way of Duskendale and Rosby. That should keep us well away from the worst of the fight. Exactly. So go, basically we go down to the coast, and then from there they'll go and land straight south, Duskendale. And then Duskendale, right, straight shot right through to Ro- right through Rosby to King's Landing. So you see that path they're taking. I mean, it makes sense, kind of like a big like C from the end. The, what's interesting is the end of the Kneeling Man is actually marked on this map. Uh, so we know kind of exactly where they are right now. Um, yeah. See Perfect. them right in between Riverrun and, and Lord yeah. Airways Town. So now, again, we don't know exactly the path they're taking, but they're definitely t- taking a more direct path, but <laughs> kind of through the thick of it, <laughs> right? Like it's all For the sure. thick of it, but like yeah, you're on land through the thick of it now. But yeah, at least you're not near like anything major, all right? But yep, yeah, that's where they're at. They got a long way to go, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're not close. They're actually further than the than they were than when they left River Run. They're further well, now. Obviously, yeah. what do you mean? Obviously, you'd think that's they'd be closer. Travel. Oh, they're further from Kings. I got you. I from thought King's you meant further now, along. Yeah, yeah, they should have went past Acorn Hall. Stupid. <laughs> Everybody knows to go to Acorn Hall. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so the other news is that the Lightning Lords also have been seen out and around the King's Road. Yes. And why is he called a Lightning Lord? I know. I know. Because he strikes like randomly and out of nowhere. That's what this guy says. He strikes so quick like lightning on a, on a sunny day. But it's his sigil. Lord Beric's sigil is a purple lightning bolt on a field. This is the guy we hear about in, in the Duncan Egg story, the Dundarian house, who like a purple bolt came down and forked and killed his two enemies and like. He was about to do a 2v1 or something like that and forked and killed his two enemies. <laughs> so he's probably called the Lightning Lord for a sigil. And this guy is just like had heard stories and like doesn't know. That's why he's called and like assumes. Okay. So uh, there's also another rumor about Beric that he cannot die. Yep. Which kind of lines up with some stuff we've heard because we've heard him die, like, I think, two or three times already. Yeah. The last, the last time he was mentioned, right, it was like he was shot somewhere and. I think I killed he, like the mountain killed him when when they first like he went out to yeah. kill the mountain and they actually battled and then like the mountain killed him but then like we heard about him like doing other stuff later yeah. so you so see where this who, comes from again where's where's Beric Dondarrion from kind of the reach I think it's like the Dornish Marches reach which means like the border borderlands on Dorn where's Dorn down very, south very south yeah very very south and Beric Dondarrion was the dude that Ned sent out Ned sent him out to go kill yeah. the mountain or to bring the mountain yeah. back. Exactly. As for doing war crimes for burning and Lannister or whatever though, right? Like I mean was who was Beric Dondarrion before Ned sent him out? A, a knight, he was there for the tourney. Yep, I think exactly. I think he was okay. one, just one of the uh, a pretty honorable like lord who was there for the tourney. I guess like what I'm getting at though is like it shouldn't hit, like he was out there under an old king that's no longer and I don't know, it's weird. Why is his allegiance with what Ned told him to do? 
Oh, it's uh, okay, so I'm wrong. It's technically in the Stormlands, which makes sense because it's a lightning bolt. Near storm stormy. Zones. Well, again, if you look at the map, like Storm's End and the Reach is kind of like the east and west of the really south above mm -hmm. Dorne. So, yeah, he's just in the more eastern part. It does say he's really close to Dorne, though. His house was is responsible for controlling like one of the passageways into Dorne in the olden days, I think. So, Kyle, you're asking, like, why is he still out there fighting? Yeah, why is he still on Ned's <laughs> side? Yeah, Ned's dead. Robert's dead. Like anything he's fighting yeah. for is dead. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, he's just out there. The other person they ask about who was also in that chapter when Ned sends him out, who he also sent out was Thoros. I think Thoros went out with yeah, him. Yeah, he's still riding. Or was he just always riding with Beric? Or He was the guy that we saw in one of the chapters. He comes around a corner. I forget what chapter. I think it's when Ned's going to see uh, Gendry. Pretty early on, The right? first time. I think like, yeah, people are coming in for the tournament. He comes around and he's got a, uh, maybe, that might just be actually Beric. That might be Beric. Thoros has a flaming sword, though, right? He's the one that fights with a flaming sword. Yeah. yeah. So Jamie just has a couple recollections of of Thoros. Uh, he's the only one that could outdrink Rob. <laughs> yeah. So he's all he's a red priest, which is also interesting. Yeah. All right. He's like we Melisandre. know another one. Yeah. yeah. And did he tell the joke on himself that he only became a red priest so that the wine spills would, yeah. would blend in? Yeah, that's Jamie such, heard him over. Great line. Yeah, Jamie heard him over saying that to Robert one time. Robert laughed so hard that he spit ale all over Cersei. <laughs> Cersei. <laughs> she deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, along with like kind of Barracks not dying, they ask they ask about Thoros, and the man says he's heard talk that Thoros has strange powers. But again, like that kind of makes sense if he's lighting a sword on fire. You see where that, that comes from. Yeah, he does some some fantastical non magical stuff. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So this is where the guy started saying, like, hey, you guys probably don't want to take the river, kind of like what Jeff was saying earlier. I heard mm -hmm. that downriver there's some sunk boats and some outlaws are hanging out there basically trying to, like, catch people when they're trying to maneuver around this. That's how I took what he was saying there. It's exactly, yeah, like, you're going to have to stop, get out. Figure yeah, out how to get past get these, like, yeah, yeah and, and there are people waiting there. He's like, even if you do get past that, then you got the leech lord controls the ruby ford, last I heard. Bolton. If not him, somebody does. Yeah, right. probably Bolton. And he's like, if not him... Somebody's controlling it. No, so what is the Ruby Ford? Is that the Red Fork? Is it the same? The Ruby Ford's the part of the trident where Robert and Rhaegar fought during Robert's Rebellion. And uh, when Robert kills Rhaegar, he shatters rubies all over. So they just it's just a part of the it's, it's just a part, a part of the part river of... where it's shallow enough to cross. Exactly. Yeah, like you yeah. could ride a horse across the river. It's not on I'm just looking back at the map. It's not actually on your map, right? It's not on there. It's near it's Lord it's near Lord Hareway's town and the end of the mm -hmm. cross crossroad. It's like around there. Like right north of Hareway. Isn't a fort is a fort where two rivers meet? I think a ford is where you can cross a river, where it's like a, a place where a river is, that's normally not crossable is crossable. Because like he says, like Lord, like when he gives yeah. for new to river run, he says, oh, yeah, Hoster's not doing well. But Lord Edmure is holding all the fords. So I think it's like he's holding. And he said like he had, uh, scattered cow troughs in, uh, in the water at the fords earlier. So I think, yeah, I think it's just where it's shallow. You're right, Nelson. It's where you can. Yeah, you are. it is where you can cross. So. Uh, yeah, that again, the Ruby Ford is just like that for the Ford where that battle took place. Mm -hmm. And now they call it that. But yeah, it's the one near near Harrenhal, basically. Yeah. So then the guy's like, you know, there's there's two pathways and one goes towards like a keep. Yep. Don't go that way. Like, I don't know who owns it. You're probably going to get raided there. Take the pathway through the woods. You'll be a lot safer that way. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a second. But before that, they, that when as well, as soon as they're like, OK, we won't go river. You convinced us. And we need like, something to ride. They're like, yeah. let's go some horses. And the guy's like, the horses are definitely not for sale. And Jamie's like, okay, yeah, sure. But BS, you're going to show them to us anyway. Like you're he, Jamie kind of knows they're like being played a little bit here. Right. It's like, yeah. uh, I mean, is it a, just a sales tactic? Yeah, like, sales tactic. yeah. They're so valuable. I would never sell them. Even though when they get there, like the one is like, 
Jamie yeah. says that they, he should be paying them to take it off his hands. Blind and old. Yes, yeah, so they got these horses. One's like pretty big and strong. It's a plow horse, right? And plow horse. White, a, blind, uh, and one eye. Palfrey and a geldling, I think it was called. Yeah, but the what? Yeah, one's a knight's palfrey, but that's the one that that Cleos gets. So that, theoretically, that would be a good horse if it used to be a knight. Jamie doesn't recognize the pink and black checkers mm-hmm. of whoever had this horse before, but he recognized the blood stains. He's like, well, whoever it was, <laughs> they're not going to be coming back for him. So he's like, how'd you get him? Brand asked how they get him. He's like, oh, the plow horse was here when we took over the inn. The white one just wandered up and the boy caught the palfrey <laughs> like running through a sta- running through a field, <laughs> which like I, I kind of what your guys' point. Like, yeah, this like it is such a con- crazy. <laughs> I guess in a war torn, you might have like some horses. Yeah, horses free, just. But like, yeah, it just doesn't really make sense. Like horses are valuable as shit and just have like. It's like it's like cars. It's like how'd you get these three cars? It's like oh, they just kind of like just happened. They just happened to walk into town. (laughs) (laughs) All the doors were unlocked with the keys in it, so we decided to (laughs) take them. Pretty much, yeah. Brienne offers three dragons for them. There's also something about the horse, the stables. They're full of shit. Yeah, no one. They stink really bad. No stable flies everywhere. (laughs) Well, and Jamie's obviously like trying to say like, yeah, this is all. He's full of shit. This is all bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't pay him what he wants. Well, later, also what he says about the horse shit is when he's happy that Brienne took the right path, he's like, because if he does have friends waiting down that, Jamie thinks that he has friends waiting down that road because the stables were so mucky. He's like, that's why the stables were so full of shit was because there was more than just three horses. Lots of horses. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's the other thing that Jamie is thinking here. But I think you're right, too, that he's also just like, yo, this guy's feeding you bullshit when he's saying which path to take. I think you're right on that. So, yeah, like Jeff said, basically says, go away from the tower, go into the woods. Brand's like, yeah, sure thing. Thanks for the tip. Thanks for the tip. So they also trade the boat for the horses, and she wants provisions as well. So she gives uh, some silver for whatever food, oat cakes they have. And he's like, all right, but like, if you want the bed, like, you're gonna have to pay some more. She's like, nah, we're gonna walk by moonlight. It's gonna be bright enough tonight. And Cleos is not happy about that. (laughs) <laughs> he's yeah, like are you sure to that bed and jamie had said something about like oh we could sleep in a bed tonight i think once before they even get that was the how boat. he convinced her to pull over yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah basically jamie and brianne at this point from here on out are on the same page and this is what i think jamie's is earning some respect for brianne because she's like handling the situation the same way he would if he was in charge and cleo clearly at all points no he's like idea. hey we should stay in this bed hey we should take the other road <laughs> like he just yeah and they're like nah we don't need to be robbed overnight or yeah like open ourselves up to that and again i think it's funny because the guy thinks cleos is the one in charge at least at first yeah. at some point he does re- realize that brianne's the one running things and he like starts talking to brianne's her. the one that gives them the plan of how they're going to travel because probably cleos and, and jamie don't know how they're going to travel it's also weird just thinking back Brienne, because Kyle mentioned like they're being very open tongue. The one thing you probably shouldn't be open tongue about is the way you're traveling. Like, why would you want anybody to know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, what if what if this guy just like would have let him go? Yeah. Down the river like, what if then, River Run people? Like, how long like, till somebody else like, shows like, up the, and is like, hey, yeah, yeah. The River Run people catch up to them or just get to this end and be like, hey, have you seen three people? One guy and <laughs> one of them's where in did shackles. They go? <laughs> oh, well, they're gonna travel down the Maiden's Pool exactly. and actually over by <laughs> exactly. Rosby and. and yeah. Like it's just stupid brand. So yeah, exactly. She to get kind of one minus, I think, for just there's there's no reason so to tell your game plan there. Um, Jamie, step- I mean, you are at the end of a crossbow though. At that point, like you gotta, what are you gonna do? Be like, okay, sorry, sorry let's we'll, we'll, leave. we'll leave. Yeah, I don't think uh, they were worried about the crossbow. Well, at least one of them would I get killed. Ja- 
say they shoot Jamie, Brienne slices the, the, the rest of them, and then they have the end. They could just sit there if they wanted to. Yeah, Cleo's and, Jay- and Cleo's and Brienne, but that's not what she wants to do. She wants to get Jamie True. to the landing. But they were yeah. they were at dinner when she said the plan. It wasn't know. like they're crossed yeah, 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 They were yeah. still at cross. What? All yeah, right, let's right. move on. Uh, Jamie, kind of step one of getting the irons off of his plan. He can't ride with his anklets, so Brienne yeah. goes and knocks them off. Uh, and then they tell the host that they'll be walking through the woods. I want to say that one, once or twice in here, Jamie does call her the wench. Like I, I, I caught Multiple that here. More than like, once or yeah. twice. He calls her that all the time. But it, she never corrects him on it like while they're in public. Yeah. While this guy's around. She corrects him on it like before yeah. that, like in, while they're in the boat and while they're like before bed. Yeah, and, like, that's true. Here she lets, well, in all his thoughts, he calls her it too, though. Sure, but here actually out loud, she's like, no, he's like, no, Cleos, the wrench is, is, is right. The wench is uh, the rent. The wench is right. We have promises to keep. We got to in places to go. We got to. We should ride at nighttime. Yes, I just thought that was interesting. That like, because there are a few times where like later on he does call her Brienne, and then she calls him King. Like I mentioned it in the first chapter, she called him. King does Slayer. she? Does he? Does yes. he call her Brienne? When I think, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Bri- We'll get to it. He says, "I'm okay. sorry, Brienne." It's after he, she reminds him of Tyrion. Yeah. All right, so let's yeah. just get back on track. Jamie ends up getting the one-eyed gilding, so it's not like he can really. He he had it halfway in his mind to just race off on a horse, but he's got the worst one that can't even walk a straight line. Yeah, they, so they they take his ankle chains off, but not his wrist chains. He's like asking for it, but yeah. no no can do. Yeah, and as they start to ride off, he yells back to the kid with the crossbow to take up a different weapon because the crossbow is <laughs> yeah. <for> losers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Which is funny, right? Because uh, Joffrey is crossbow yeah, that, kid. That's true. Joffrey yeah, loves the crossbow, and he can't even hit shit with that. And Joffrey's like Jamie's kid. So yeah, Joffrey's exactly. like, hey, that's you're a I'm loser saying. kid, and it's he's basically saying like, my kid's a loser. Yeah, yeah. pretty interesting. I didn't the think about king. that. Yeah. All right. So they start to ride out east uh, among the bank of the Red Fork, uh, and then I think they get to this point where there's the two paths, and yep, Cleus is like, "What are we doing? We're supposed to be going through the woods." <laughs> yeah. And Brand takes the right one. She's like, "Yeah, that looks like outlaws are going to hide there." Plus, he took too much interest in general. It was probably a trap. And Jamie's like, "Clever wench," and explains that Jamie thinks that the friends down the road is probably why the stable smelled so memorable. Is what he says. So, yeah, they keep going. And they get tired. They do see the light in this tower, though. Yeah, and they stay well around it. But yeah, eventually, half the night goes by. They're all sleeping in their saddles, and they decide to take a take a sleep. Yeah. So they, they uh, hop down. They hop down. No fire. Um, do they even cook? Do they? I guess they're very into oat cakes or whatever oat cakes and salt fish. Yep. Uh, and then Jamie starts thinking of just being with Cersei. Can't wait. Uh, and then <laughs> thinks a little bit of Cersei and Tyrion, and then wants to learn a little bit more about Brienne and her family. Yeah. So again, here, like, I don't think he's like fucking with her. I think he's honestly like missing his siblings, and he asks her if she has any siblings. Uh, and then. She, Again, he just can't help but being a dickhead. She says, "I'm I was an only son, and goes to say yeah. son, which is a <laughs> weird. Then, that's weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. You could have she could have just said only child. She didn't have to say I yeah. was only like if she was gonna say daughter, like just say child or uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's tr- just lends truth to everything Jamie's kind of saying to her the whole time, yeah. right? I mean, it makes me think. It makes me think. Did her dad like run around saying like, "Hey, come here, son"? Like, I doubt it, but yeah, like I don't know. Did she just? Does she just really want to be a? She just wishes son? for like, sure. I mean, yeah, she wanted to be a knight. Obviously, she wants to be a knight, but like, does she wish to be the first lady knight, or does she just say, "Fuck it, I wish I was born a man"? Yeah, 
Because because it seems like she was attracted to Renly, which again doesn't mean that you don't wish you were born a man. But yeah, she. I mean, she's pretty guarded on on her thoughts or feelings, other than the slip up. She said son. Like, <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? Does yeah. she does she actually want to be a son? Is she just like she just want to be like, viewed that way? Like the, the son, the way like a man hey, let's go. Like just imagine like current times. Like let's go throw the baseball around or like come on, son. Like I don't know. Like it's yeah, just like what you see. Well, she's in, like, trying to sitcoms. hide it. Like, yeah. A dad, like a single dad, makes a tomboy, right? Because he doesn't know how to play ponies and do her hair. Like I, I can't remember what like movie that's from. Like. Yeah, to, and to your point, like we don't know, we don't know how their relation, her relationship with her dad was. Like maybe her dad was like the one urging her to be like, "Hey, you should yeah. get this sword in your hand instead of be playing with dolls." Dolls are like right. me with my sister. Like I don't, want my, I just like my sister talking about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, and like I don't want to talk to my sister about yeah nor, the stuff that she wants to talk about. It's, to me, that's fucks bo- that's boring. But she kind of likes Star Wars, so I'll talk to her all day about Star Wars. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? it's like the Little Giants. The dad is a the, my mom dies, so it's just a dad who likes football, raises a daughter to like football, and then she wants to be like. Spoiler: Icebox wants to become a cheerleader. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's interesting because it, I think it's like Icebox continually wanting to be the next Brian Urlacher, and then there you go. That's Brianna Tarth. <laughs> I'm just saying at this point we don't know enough about Brienne to know what it is. Does she, did she actually want to be born a boy? Like, was it just the situation you're talking about where it was more like yeah, we'll have to find nature out. versus nurture? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it sounds like she's pretty upset that she doesn't get the privileges of manhood. I I would agree with that for sure. I, I think the argument is does she want to continue to be a, a woman and fight for those same rights as a woman, or does she just say fuck it? I wish I just was a man. And I exactly, I wish I had the same rights. Versus I wish I was a man. Those are two different things. But I think it, it's at this point we don't know, and it's probably a little bit of both for Brienne. Is how I see it at least. But basically, when she says this, Jamie laughs. <laughs> Jamie laughs at her for for realizing she's going to say son, and he's like, "Well, you would make a weird sort of daughter for sure." <laughs> And she basically is just done with that. Turns off, clenches the sword hilt. And this is where he thinks, like, she reminds me of Tyrion. And, at, again, at first he was asking her a genuine question. Like, do you have any siblings? It was just like, I'm such a dickhead, I can't turn that off. And he, he responded, like, <laughs> kind of instinctually with an asshole comment. But then he think again, it's like, oh, you, she, for some reason she reminds him of Tyrion, which I don't understand at all. She's And he even says they look as bas- basically as different as you, you can get. It just means, like, they're just complete outcasts. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. I, I totally get that. And he says, I didn't mean to give offense, Brienne. Forgive me. And again, she, this, it makes sense. She snaps back at him because he was just a dick to her. And she's like, Your crimes are past forgiveness, Kingslayer. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he went for real names and she, she like, went back to digging. Like, if you call, again, I would call him Kingslayer in the situation too, but you can't expect him to call you Brienne if you keep calling him Kingslayer. Yeah. It's even weird too. He is the prisoner. Sure, but pr- most prisoners, like it, a lot of prisoners, are disrespectful to their captors. Yeah, I mean, she's just a, a jailer. Like, I, I I've watched like sixty days in. Sixty days in is one of my favorite shows ever. Right where they put like normal people in jail for sixty days just to kind of see how the jails run. It, like it's played off. It's reality TV, but it's played off as like, oh, the warden's gonna learn something from this experience and be able to fix their jail from. You know what I mean? Well, they also want to catch who's like running the show and who's exactly. bringing narcotics exactly. and whatnot. So. <laughs> I've watched it too. But like the people who are nice to the prison, from what I've seen, again, I've never been in jail, but in, from that show, it seems like the people who are nice and like respect their captors get it better, get treated better from the captors than the people who are like, yo, you fucking rat, like, blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? Like, then yeah, they're going to get shut in and like no free time. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a dick, you're going to get treated like a dick. 
Even if you're a captain, you can be treated yeah. with respect. And that's why she's saying. treating him like a dick. It's kind of it's just sure, sure, sure. Exactly. That's what I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. But he, again, he's an asshole. But yeah. he did give her a chance. He gave he, he didn't. <laughs> you're giving him way too. Again, she's right. giving him I'm way not, too big of a, of a. I know. I know. I just think the name thing's interesting, and this is the second time it happened in the first chapter too, where he called her Brienne, and then she called him Kingslayer first, and that's what gets the wench thing going again. You think it would stop? I don't. I don't know. What I think is interesting is that she brings up these random like Kingslayerish crimes. Like, all right, the nicknames, nicknames. They've been with each other now for nights on end, like a couple, like a week or. I don't. We. I don't know when. The they best left. judge would be by the map, right? They, you know how far they went on the map. At least a couple nights, right? For like, sure. Is she just gonna hammer these? Like you killed the king every every night. Like when they when they get down for pillow talk, is it just like you killed the king? Never again. Talk to it's me not again. unprovoked. He's like, why do you hate me? Why? Like, what? What crimes did I commit? And like, she's. This is what she hates. Yeah. Well, I guess to your point, Jeff, it's like. It's like that's part of the book part of it. Like where we're like, yeah, they we, pro- like, it doesn't make sense that they didn't have this conversation up until now because it has probably sure. been a while. But yeah, like it's, that's the you would have, part of have it. thought that they've had this conversation by now. Maybe. But yeah, we just didn't have a Jamie chapter. Uh, it just yeah. seems a little bit weird. Like, oh, we're talking about families. Like, sorry, I called you uh, an ugly daughter. Yeah, but you killed the king. Like, I don't know. She just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff, so. yeah, but, and exactly, exactly. I feel you guys are right. I'm giving Jamie too much benefit. He extends like a very little olive branch after being a dick for the yeah. whole chapter. He extends a little olive olive branch. He gets shut down. And like, I, I agree. I would do the exact same thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. There is a little bit of light shining through. Like he feels a little bit of like connection he, every yeah, once in a while. Sure. He, oh well, he just felt bad. Maybe like hurt her feelings. Like a little bit of empathy. The there. Tyrion thing. He th- yeah. Like like how. And I think that makes a ton of sense. That he's like, wow, damn, this girl's got everybody hate. Probably everybody yeah. just hates this girl, and everyone treats. Which she just like doesn't shit. fit in anywhere. And what do we know about Tyrion? Tyrion always thinks to himself that Jamie was the only person that ever like was ever nice to me. And again, we don't think Jamie is a nice guy, but Tyrion. Everyone's addicted to Tyrion, and we actually like Tyrion. Yeah. You love Tyrion. I love Tyrion. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. So, Jamie, she he's like, what? Did, what did I do? And she's like, you hurt people, and you, you killed the one person you were supposed to yeah. protect. And he's like, yeah, but you don't. He's basically saying like, you don't understand what was happening. Like, don't judge what you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And we find a little bit more about his point of view in his dream. Uh, but we get a history lesson of she asks him, why did you even take the oath? And this is all thought, right? Yeah. Why take the cloak if you're if you just meant to betray all it stood for? And he's like, "What could I say that she could understand?" And what he tries to say is, "I was 15 and it was a great honor. That's yeah, why I took it." Right. And she's like, "That's bull. That's a bullshit answer, and I know it." And he's like, "Fuck, that's right." And he's like, and he thinks to himself, and this is where we get the history lesson of like the truth. You not like the truth of I was trying to get close to bang my daughter or sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's the long short of it. So. So the, the deal was when Cersei was 12, which means that he was also 12 because they're twins, she was brought to court with Tywin because he was the hand to Ares. And Jamie thinks that the intention there was Tywin was trying to get some like plot to marry her into the royal family, either Viserys when he got old enough. Get her close to somebody. Imagine that, imagine that couple. Oh, boy. Right? You know Cersei. You know Viserys. Imagine if that would have actually happened. That would have been the worst, <laughs> worst <laughs> couple ever. Wouldn't Probably. Good for sure. Or if he was – Jamie thinks that he was also potentially banking on Rhaegar's wife to die. In childbirth. Because she wasn't the healthiest. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the plan. Jamie, we learn about his past. He was a squire to Lord Sumner Craycall for four years while that was going on. He earned his knighthood fighting the Kingswood Brotherhood. 
and he had stopped on King's Landing on the way, basically back from that. The King's Wood is the wood where Tyrion sent all his people out to go fuck with Stannis, south basically where Stannis was camped. Yeah. Exactly, south of King's Landing. So right after, I guess, he helped put down this like rebellion of some the Kingswood Brotherhood, he stops in King's Landing and basically to see Cersei. And Cersei tells him, yo, this guy's you're about to be married. <laughs> yeah. Who's he getting married to? Lysa Tully. Lysa. Talking yeah. about like potential couples. Yeah. Would she have been as crazy? I don't know if she would have been as crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when that started. Because Kat doesn't <laughs> seem to say that it like she was crazy as a child, right? I'm thinking marrying a dude who's older than your dad probably didn't help her mental health. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we know she had a lot of miscarriages too, right? Which also probably yeah. help her mental health. But maybe those miscarriages happened with Jamie. Like, who knows? But yeah. it seemed like from what, from Cap's memory, Lysa was a pretty, like, fun, loving, run around type kid, you know, had yeah. fun with her. Like and good, Peter. Yeah, yeah, chill. Yeah, exactly. She seems to, like, I think in the Cat chapters, like, she's surprised. And I think even, like, when she gets to the Bloody Gate, and at the time when she gets to the bloody gate, her uncle's there. Yeah. Brendan Blackfish. And he's like, you're not going to know. Like, your sister who's up in that tower is not the sister that you met when you. Like, that, I think they last saw Yeah, when she's they got going off the deep end even yeah. further. Yeah. So, and I, which even points to she was. Yeah, like, normal. Uh, normal. <laughs> yeah. Normal, right? Air quotes, whatever that means at some point. So Cersei tells him that an old Kingsguard just died or he's about to die. Like did she just died. He just died. So the sleeping lion sigil was the sleeping lion. And she's like, Ares would not love nothing more to replace this old Kingsguard who just died in his sleep. Whose sigil was a sleeping lion with a young roaring lion. Who's just like gone off, proved himself. Yeah. I don't know if he says it here. I think he says later, he won a tournament at 13. He was 15 when yeah, all this happened. It, he basically says it later on. He says he yeah, so. later on would just so we don't we, maybe we could skip over. Says he earned the title that she'll never have. I well, she says you were given, and he's like, I didn't, I wasn't given anything. He's like, okay, first off, I wasn't given anything. I earned that. Like, yeah. I deserve. I'm sorry, it. you can't earn it. Which kind of like we're learning here. Like, he probably didn't earn. He probably the, had he a the little bit of a title, but he earned his knighthood, but he didn't earn his Kingsguard. Hood, Here's right? the like thing: he, like, he, if he you, weaseled his way to the Kingsguard, with, yeah, with for his sure, plot through Cersei, yeah. But if you're going to draft a Kingsguard man and it's a position for life and you can see that Jamie's on a path to be really good. Like, yeah, oh, he's a probably yeah, a good you might want to anyway. sign that rookie to a long-term deal. <sighs> sure, but Cersei seems to have had some influence. And again, she at that point, she's the hand's daughter and a 12-year-old girl, right? It's pretty much like Sansa saying to – if Sansa had a twin, like when she was in King's Landing with Ned, like, oh – don't worry, I'll get it. I'll get get it taken care of. Like, what is Sansa so just, gonna do? Yeah, what did what does Sansa do? Like, Ares it happens. is the king. It happens. Yeah, like it does happen. But Ares is the king. You know what I mean? But like, how? What I'm saying is, how much influence does a 12 year old girl really have? Cersei's now walking into the council chamber and be like, "Hey, pick my brother here, and I'll throw you a, a golden dragon." And, I, and again, I guess against my point, she might be 16 because Jamie says that he was yeah, squire for four was, years. Yeah. So she might be 16, just, but even at that point, what is a 16 year old? Well, let's say 15 because he knows he says he gets 90 out of 15, right? Or yeah, Jamie was 15 the, when that happened. The, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. Yeah, that happened probably with Jamie. Well, she's probably been scheming forever. We know, you know Cersei. Yeah. Sure. Again, I'm not saying she has no power, but I'm just saying imagine Sansa. Like, Sansa is not. Making plays like Cersei yeah. was at least. James, but I'm yeah. gonna say they have. She's different... she'd also been there for three years. Sansa had only been there for a few months, right? Sir, yeah. Sansa would probably learn some shit if she would, she would have been hanging out I, there. More. I found it interesting too, and maybe I misconstrued it because I was listening. But Jamie kind of considers like, all right, I guess Castle Rock's not that bad. Like I'll be <laughs> well, yeah. So so basically, T- Jamie's first thing is he's like, I well, I can't do that because of 
Well, yeah, you're right. Well, the first thing is Tywin would never allow it. Yeah. Which we learned we kind of learned in that Tyrion chapter. Tywin is like <laughs> just fig- gonna figure it out anyway. Yeah, so he doesn't gonna, care. Yeah, he's, he's still it's still his. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, you can imagine that Tywin probably wasn't very happy when this first happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If it came out of nowhere, and what Kyle said earlier is he couldn't. You can explain this one, Kyle. Couldn't possibly speak out against uh, the king because, like, you saw what happened to Ilan Payne, who was like the head of the the Hand's army. He was his jewelry. Made he made a joke or whatever that the hand runs a kingdom, and that's why his tongue got cut out. Like, it's exactly. very extreme for a very high ranking official. Yeah, and Tywin, what she's saying here, her point is Tywin had a ton of power. He was the hand, and she didn't even step, and he didn't even step in for that. Yeah, oh yeah. Which again, yeah. to put it in like perspective with characters we know more, that's like Ned standing by and watching Robert cut out Jory's tongue. Right, if we're putting yeah. those same characters, King Hand and Hand, the captain of the King's Guard, that's Jory to Ned. Yeah, Ned would never, right? Unless your King is like Ned. If you get crazy, it, well, yeah. unless the relationship between the King and Hand isn't best friend, and it's more of a uh, don't you fucking dare question me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Which is like, what I think Jamie's saying or Cersei's saying here. If Ned is really, let's just keep it there. If Ned is Robert's friend and Jory's talking shit about Robert. Like, Ned's probably not happy either. Like, dude, that's, that's my best friend. Like, who the fuck are you talking about? That's true. If if Jory was saying, oh, Ned actually runs the kingdom, then, yeah, Ned probably wouldn't be like, would be like, yeah, dude, that's not cool. We don't say that. Yeah, for sure. So, but, I, but she's I like, know. what do you we'll want? See. Do you really want Castle Rock or me? And he's like, <laughs> all right, you're right. So then he explains how Cersei convinces him, which basically they, they bang all night. They bang all night. They go to some, <laughs> some, tavern on eel alley where cersei shows up dressed as a serving lady which somehow turned him on more and basically anytime jamie tried to fall asleep she would wake him up and go like round two round three round four and by in the morning he says cashley rock didn't seem that important (laughs) 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 which i mean that's his sister right (laughs) you gotta keep you gotta keep that in uh sister for sure like even as a 12 year old cersei was just like manipulative like this is 16 but yeah yeah, that's it's a lot better to think about as sixteen year olds. Alright, so it it happens, he gets knighted to the King's Guard, and then she gets sent away. Yeah, so he says that the plan worked exactly as planned, except everything backfired, and the only thing that worked was he became the King's Guard because he, like you said, Cersei, well, yeah, Tywin left, right? Tywin was pissed and it seems like he made up some reason to leave. Like some he says like some minor scruple or whatever to quit the handship. Yeah. And when he did, he took Cersei with him. Yeah, he just pieced out and, and broke their plan up anyway. So it seems like he was trying to keep them separate all along, to me at least. Like he knew about what was happening. Potentially. I, I just took it as like he was actually – like it makes sense that Tywin would be pissed if Jamie became Kingsguard. I don't know. It seems heir. like he's trying to foil their plan. So He didn't foil Jamie them and Cersei's plans all night just before. Put yeah. them in time out. They're your kids. What do you mean? What do you mean? Keep them apart. Yeah, I mean that's possible. Like, what are you he, talking they, about? Because he knows this is all fucked up, and like they're they're banging, and he's trying to keep them apart. I mean, I, it, it makes sense, and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like um, the most powerful ki- man in the kingdom who's pulling all these strings, can't, but can't control his own family. That kind of makes sense, where he like he knows what's going on, but just can't stop it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? So he's, he's trying, trying to best. trying to yeah. separate them to to prevent it from happening, but and it's not gonna make continue. It, and, and not yeah. make a scene, I guess. Because I guess yeah. if you scold him, then you're kind of making a scene. Yeah. All right, so Brienne's like, you didn't answer the question. Like, why'd you kill him? Basically, why'd you why'd you break? Why'd you take your oath? Or it doesn't matter how crazy or fucked up he was. You still took an oath to protect him with your life, and then you killed him. Why would you break that oath? Yeah, 
And she, he doesn't really tell her, but he just calls her a Kingslayer too, right? And we get down this rabbit hole of, of her being a Kingslayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, I didn't kill Renly. The cat was there. It got cold. Callum saw it. There was a shadow. The candles guttered out. The air grew cold. There was blood. And Jamie starts laughing. He's like, oh, Mick, you're way more clever than me. I should have used that fucking excuse. Blame it on a shadow. Damn. Like, yeah. Cold shadow. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like one Kingslayer to another. Give me give me the truth. Who paid you? Was it the Starks or was it Stannis? Like, <laughs> just do it. Did Brenly just piss you off? Like, why'd you do it? He's just twisting the dagger in her in her ribs. But again, like, it does sound ridiculous what Brienne's saying. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. It does sound ridiculous from Jamie's point of view. But you can like, oh, it was a shadow. You can see how emotional she gets to I mean, if she said, No, it was actually this guy, and then I came in and killed him, like he'd be like, Okay, like maybe you didn't do it. But like you say this shadow story, you're sticking to your guns on this shadow, and no one's gonna believe you, except Catelyn. <laughs> but and Davos yeah. maybe. Yeah. Also, I forgot this one. I'll throw it out there though without with Brisco looking like an asshole, he, Jamie also says, "Like, oh, maybe you were just on your period. Maybe you're having yeah. moon's blood. Never give a yeah. wedge a sword." Yeah, and he's really trying to piss her off so that she would come forward and maybe hit him, and he could take her dagger and stab her in the womb. This, I actually right here when she, when he says that shit, it made me think back to earlier when she's like, "You will not provoke me to anger." And he, th- what does he think to him? Or he says it out loud. He's like, "I could if I wanted to." This is me thinking he's actually trying to now, to, yeah. to your point, Jeff, because he wants her to take a step forward and grab her dagger. I think he's seen that emotion. He's like, all right, like, I, I got her. I've got her some, I got something I'm poking. And they t- there was some Renly combo between the two of them in the first Jamie chapter two. So, like, he probably already has realized that this is a, a soft spot. So that's kind of how I took some of that, too. Yeah. yeah. But she stays pretty calm, and she's like, look. Being a Kingsguard is the greatest honor, and you fucking ruined it. Yeah, want to read that quote, Jeff? Sure. It is a rare and precious gift to be a knight, she said. And even more so a knight of the Kingsguard. It is a gift given to few, a gift you scorned and soiled. I earned my knighthood. Nothing was given to me. I won a tourney melee at 13, when I was yet a squire. At 15, I rode with Sir Arthur Dane against the Kingswood Brotherhood, and he knighted me on the battlefield. It was that white cloak that soiled me, not the other way around. So spare me your envy. It was the gods who neglected to give you a cock, not me. I love this quote. This is like one of, I think it was one of my favorite quotes because it makes it, it's like, it, it may, who knows, right? We know he was fucking his sister before he became a king's mm-hmm. which makes you think not a great guy. But was but he a good knight? We know, we know. I'm just thinking like we know we've seen King's Landing and we can see how like living I can see how living in King's Landing for that long week along like varies and Littlefinger and all these people scheming and all these people doing their shit. How like you can just grow to like fuck it. Fuck the vows. Who gives a shit? No one else is playing by the rules. Why am I going to play by the rules? Right. It makes me wonder like is this is he being like super is he actually being honest here? Like fuck it. I, I wasn't I was a good knight until I got introduced to Yeah, I mean I I could, I could see that the being mess, true. Yeah. Like if Sir Arthur Dane's a good knight, like he's he's around good knight, he's he's fighting for what he believes to be a good cause, and then he gets this great honor and he ends up in the political mess of the council chamber and Yeah. What well, Kyle, what do you think about this quote? I, I'm guessing that this quote at least sparked a little like eyebrow raised because Arthur Dane's the one that knighted Jamie. I don't think we knew that. And again, we've just we kind of just went over a big Arthur Dane quote that he's the one that that Ned dreams about, and somebody tells Danny that like him and Rhaegar were friends, right? And he's the guy who knighted Jamie. Now we're learning about. Okay, so that that gives him some prestige then, right? I mean, especially on the battlefield too. So like, 
exactly. You think Jamie was a good person at some time. It's also like no no kids are bad, right? But yeah, kids aren't inherently bad, but I mean Joffrey's always kind of been a little prick, so, <laughs> so you're wrong. <laughs> you flipped um, a coin on that one. <laughs> yeah, so but like um at the very least the Lannisters were fighting with the Starks and the Baratheons and everything at some point. So like w- things weren't definitely as heated as they are right now. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he wasn't quite as big a piece of shit until like he said. Yeah. Uh yeah, so basically when he says this, he because he ends that with the gods neglected to give you a cock, not me, saying like it's not my, like I can tell why you're pissed off and it's not my fault. Like get off my back. She gives him a look of loathing and he thinks that she would like fuck him up if it wasn't for her stupid vow. And he just rolls over and hopes to dream of Cersei. <laughs> but when he closed his eyes, it was Ares Targaryen he saw, Pacey alone in his throne room, picking at his scabbed and bleeding hands. The fool was always cutting himself on the blades and barbs of the Iron Throne. Jamie had slipped through the king's door, clad in his golden armor, sword in hand. The golden armor, not the white, but no one ever remembers that. Would that I had taken off that damned cloak as well. When Ares saw the blood on his blade, he demanded to know if it was Lord Tywin's. I want him dead, the traitor. I want his head. You'll bring me his head or you'll burn with all the rest. All the traitors. Rosser says they're inside the walls. He's gone to make them a warm welcome. Whose blood? Whose? Rossart's, answered Jamie. Those purple eyes grew huge then, and the royal mouth drooped open in shock. He lost control of his bowels, turned and ran for the Iron Throne. Beneath the empty eyes of the skulls in the walls, Jamie hauled the last dragon king bodily off the steps, squealing like a pig and smelling like a privy. A single slash across his throat was all it took to end it. So easy, he remembered thinking. A king should die harder than this. Rossard at least had tried to make a fight of it. Though, if truth be told, he fought like an alchemist. Queer that they never asked who killed Rossart, but of course, he was no one. Lowborn. Hand for a fortnight. Just another mad fancy of the mad king. Sir Illus Westerling and Lord Craycall and others of his father's knights burst into the hall in time to see the last of it. So there was no way for Jamie to vanish and let some braggart steal the praise or blame. It would be blame, he knew, once he saw the way they looked at him. Though perhaps that was fear. Lannister or no, he was one of Ares' seven. The castle is ours, sir. And the city, Roland Craycall told him. Which was half true. Targaryen loyalists were still dying on the Serpentine Steps and in the armory. Gregor Clegane and armory lords were scaling the walls of Magar's Holdfast, and Ned Stark was leading his northmen through the King's Gate even then, but Craigall could not have known that. He had not seemed surprised to find Aerys slain. Jaime had been Lord Tywin's son long before he had been named to the Kingsguard. Tell them the Mad King is dead, he commanded. Spare all those who yield and hold them captive. Shall I proclaim a new king as well? Craigall asked, and Jaime read the question plain. Shall it be your father? Or Robert Baratheon? Or do you mean to try to make a new Dragon King? He thought for a moment of the boy Viserys, fled to Dragonstone, and of Rhaegar's infant son Aegon, still in Magors with his mother, a new Targaryen king, in my father's hand. How the wolves will howl and the stormlords will choke with rage. For a moment he was tempted, until he glanced down at the body on the floor in its spreading pool of blood. His blood. His blood is in both of them, he thought. Proclaim who you bloody well like. He told Craighall. Then he climbed the Iron Throne and seated himself with sword across his knees to see who would come to claim the kingdom. As it happened, it had been Eddard Stark. He had no right to judge me either, Stark. In his dreams, the dead came burning, gowned in swirling green flames. Jamie danced around them with a golden sword, but for every one he struck down, two more arose to take his place. He wakes up with a kick to the ribs. Get the fuck up, it's time for breakfast. 
and they continue. Yep, they on. eat breakfast and they're on the way before dawn. Yep. Out. Pretty cool uh, dream. Yeah, Kyle. Just a lot of history there. I mean, you hope it's real, right? Like that's like an accurate description of what happened. Um, I I guess like I don't understand the Cray Call part. Can you explain that a little to me? Like whose side was Cray Call? On. Craig Hall is a Westerling. Uh, well, Craig Hall was the guy he was the squire of, right? It's not the same lord, what, but yes, family? same family. Yes, it's a Westerling family. So he was Lord Craig Hall, and everybody who came in was loyal to Tywin. Okay. So essentially, he was like, "Yeah, we're we're good here." Um, Which is why he says he was not surprised when he saw Aerys dead. I was yeah. Tywin's son before I was Kingsguard. Basically, they thought they had it. Craig Hall comes in and he's like, "Oh fuck, we had an inside man. This was awesome." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So he he had no idea that Jamie was supposed to do that. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. We we don't know if Jamie was supposed to do that, but yeah. True. It sounds like uh, they were losing. They were on the the midst of losing anyway. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. I mean, what do you do? What do you do with a king after he loses? Do you kill him? Oh yeah, for sure. I think you have to, or else like there's, they have there's they, loyalists they can still claim around. the throne still, yeah. right? Or and yeah. people... that's the thing is like is Jamie just switching sides to like. Be on the winning, you know what I mean? Like, oh, play fuck. the winner. Like, yeah, yeah, we've already lost. I mean, he he didn't sound like he really wanted to be a Kingsguard after, like, after all, anyway, right? I mean, he still is. I know, but now it's for his own family. It's a little different. That's true. He's back. He's he's with Cersei again. Yeah, yeah, and it will keep him close to her for sure. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Thoughts? Future. <sighs> I mean, I, I still think Brienne gets him gets him further and, and closer. Like she seems smart enough and witty enough. I I do worry that Jamie's gonna work his way out of here though somehow. Like I, I guess I don't remember if we asked this last time. If I had asked a long picture, right? Maybe potentially not as long picture. But do they get to King's Landing? Like does Brienne get him there? Period. I don't know. I think I think he's getting closer to getting free somehow. Even though she she seems smarter than that. I want to give her more credit than that, but I I feel like they're something's going to happen. He's going to need a sword or something stupid, and or he's going to find a way to get himself free. All right, All right. cool. If you don't got anything else, we don't got to linger. Yeah. We'll see you in the next one for Tyrion two. Bye. I'll see Go. the rest of you guys in the spoiler section. Bye. All right, later, nerds. Have fun in Jamaica. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! See you later, Kyle. Thanks for hanging out Bye, with us. Kyle. Now, on to the spoiler section for Jamie 2. Full disclosure, I fucked up and lost my recording. Nelson's a big old asshole. I, I, when, when I went to edit the spoiler section for Jamie 2, I realized that my recording basically cut off after the first two minutes. So, called Jeff back in like two weeks later, right? We had recorded Jamie like two weeks ago at this we're, point. Kyle, we're so far removed from this chapter, I don't even know who Jamie is. What did we? What are we even talking about here? I went back and I listened to Jeff's part of the Jamie chapter though to get to get a feel for what we were, what was fresh on our minds right after the chapter. So I got a little list of things that basically what what we were talking about. So I'm sure this will probably be a shorter chapter because it's less fresh in our heads, which is probably good because you know me and I was probably rambling too much anyway. You in, definitely in rambled. I mean, my recording was 27 minutes, which. If I remember this chapter, they go to the end, right, and then they. There's go some Jamie dreams and history stuff, though, which is I'm sure where I got some. I got draggy, and we'll go over some of it here. But I, you're right. I bet you we cut about 12 minutes off that 
minimum. I bet you this is under 15 minimum. minutes. If you're doing session. your workout and you're hoping to like get that last mile in, probably not your podcast. Well, again, non-spoiler. I haven't finished editing it, but it's probably going to be around 50 minutes for the non-spoiler. Yeah, well, maybe you can finish your hour workout. Another 15? Yeah, it'll be an hour workout. We'll get them there. All right, let's go. What are we talking about first? All right, so the first thing is, in this chapter, right, give you a recap of what happens. This one, Jamie gets to the inn. They get off the boat, into the inn, um, talk to that guy, get the three horses. The guy's like, oh, you you definitely want to go by land, not by sea. The sea or the mm-hmm. river's bad. And then he tells him, like, when you go by land, you want to take this road, not that road, because this road's bad. And, and Brienne eventually says, like... Yeah, like I knew this guy. He's like he might have even been trying to he might have even been lying to get us off the river, but that was too I couldn't risk it. But he definitely is lying about which path to take. So they take the other path. We will we find out that's right. Because in the next Arya chapter, she gets captured by the Brotherhood and they take her back to this inn. On the on the goat path? Yeah, they take her back to this inn and when they talk when the Brotherhood are talking to the innkeeper, he's like they're like, Where the horses go? And he's like, I sent them right down to you. You must have been drunk and missed them. And somebody's like, we're never drunk. And he ch- finishes his <laughs> one of the Brotherhood guys. So I forget who Coming to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so when Arya comes here, it'll just be a cool connection. And again, I think it's – those start to happen, I think, a little bit more and more throughout these – like throughout the books. Like later on, Brienne runs into Gendry as well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know it's Gendry, but she just thinks it looks like Renly. But I think this is like one of the first ones, right, where two characters are – crossing paths i mean i guess it kind of happened with Tyrion and cat is i guess the yeah. real first one right yeah, where two the, characters out of nowhere the end of the crossing exactly so use the pun well that's what it's called yeah yeah crossing i think and i think in the non-spoiler you might have thought that this was also the end of the crossing. Yeah, yeah but this is the kneeling man kneeling man all right so next? the next one there's a dream at the end that you had in the spoiler section you brought up a quote from this jamie dream at the end you might want to find it but i think it's about like green swirling flame around the dead and we're talking we are talking long night stuff in his dream the dead came burning gowned in swirling green flames jamie danced around them with a golden sword but for every one he struck down two more arose to take his place yeah so what i think i brought up here was there's another chapter where jamie i think it's in a book or two maybe it's later in this book but it might be in the next one where he takes a nap with his head on a weirwood stump and I think it's it's in the moonlight as well, which again, like weird mm, people are yeah, sending we got, and stuff. Who's sending the vision though? Moonlight or weirwood? I mean, we'll talk about that later. But what the dream is about is I think it's him and Brienne, and they're both naked in the depths of Casterly Rock, and like shadows are coming at them. And in that one, the shadows aren't flaming, but him and Brienne's swords are flaming. And I think Brienne says something like, "When the flames go out, so will our lives," or something like that. So that's where my head goes to, just because it's like people coming at him. He's fighting. In this one, they're on fire, and the other one, the sword's on fire. But mm-hmm. um, I think you had brought up that this is like long, like very seemingly like long night. The dead are coming at him, right? Yeah, I mean, just the the process, like the dead are coming at him. Like the green flame is weird. Like, do they take wildfire to fight the? Because they didn't do that in the show, right? Correct. No wildfire against the others in the show. Which, but it seems like that would be very useful. Yeah, it would seem like that'd be a good good tactic. Maybe you get a little Red Woman flaming sword and wildfire combo. You know, that's one of my big gripes about that like battle in episode three is that yeah. like the Dothraki were without if like the Dothraki are lined up for the, the long night battle. Sent to die. Right. If and Melisandre walks up out of nowhere and lights all their swords on fire with her cool magic and it's like, Oh mm-hmm. cool, that's awesome. But like they weren't expecting her to show up and if she wouldn't have showed up 
you have a bunch of Dothraki with steel swords. Not dragon glass. Yeah, I mean, not I guess you could steel, still like steel swords. You could still like chop down the zombies in half. Then you got arms chasing after you. <laughs> yeah, but then you got crawlers. I mean, we could always deal with a crawler and zombie. <laughs> it's always good to leave a crawler to <laughs> leave a crawler to wait for the next round. Yeah, get some repairs up. But the the Jamie dream is weird. The other th- weird thing is Jamie thinks back to basically how he got put in the Kingsguard, and right. he says that one of the things that we had mentioned was. Tywin was trying to marry him to Lysa mm-hmm. or was like going to meet with Hoster about marrying him to Lysa. It's just one of those like weird, like if that would have actually what, happened, would that have like saved a lot of this nonsense? Yeah, exactly. Like Littlefinger probably wouldn't have had his claws on her as much, which would have basically prevented the killing of John Aaron and uh, a whole lot of everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows if Littlefinger would have been able to figure it out some other way, but yeah, that could have been a good, a good fix. But as always, Cersei ruins that. And she's right. the one, right, again, I think I'd even forgot this. She's the one who is the actual, like, get in the King's she, Heart idea. Do, do we think she, yeah, she gave him, but she also says, like, she would take care of it, right? So Exactly, so she's the one behind it. I always, like, I how guess, did we, did we kind of talked about it, like, did she really, like, go take care of it? Like, did she, like, whisper into the Mad King's ear, like, hey, do you really want to, fu-? like, how did she present it? Like, hey, do you really want to fuck over my dad? Exactly. Take his, take his only son he really cares about, or... Was it like, hey, he's such a good knight. He should be your guy. Yeah, because like I always forgot that like before before rereading this, I forgot that like Cersei was involved, and I always took it that like Tywin was crossing the line, right? Like another thing we learned here that Kyle actually thought was interesting was that how Ilan Payne gets his tongue cut out, and he's the captain of Tywin's guard, right? And he gets his tongue cut out for basically speaking too highly of Tywin, saying Tywin's the one who really rules the kingdom, mm-hmm. not Ares. So Ares cuts his tongue out for that. That that just kind of gives the indication that like Ares and Tywin were not on best of terms, right? If Ares is willing to like cut out Tywin's captain of guards' tongue, and if like those mm-hmm. whipsters are going around anyway, like that's not something like Jory Cassell would have been saying about Robert, right? Like, oh, Ned rules the kingdom, not Robert, even if it was true, mm-hmm. right? And Robert and Ned are cool enough that I think even if Jory was saying that. Robert wouldn't have his tongue cut out, you know what I mean? So all I'm trying to say is there was clearly tensions between Ares and Tywin. So I always thought that it was just Ares' idea to put Jamie on the Kingsguard, to piss off Tywin. But this makes it seem straight up like like you're saying, Cersei, Cersei somehow is behind that. it. Whether yeah. she went to Ares and whispered in her ear, or whether it was more complicated than that, but yeah, somehow she's behind it. So yeah, that's cool. So it's something I never thought of before. Which ultimately changes her path too. Like what do you think Cersei's path would have been, you know, no Robert's Rebellion? It's been a minute since we actually read this, but you're saying if she would have gone to, she well she had a bunch like of stuff go wrong. She, we like if she really didn't fuck yet. up, like I she don't was know, supposed like to it, marry Rhaegar, was I think right? Like, yeah, does she end up marrying like Viserion or no, Viserys in yeah. a couple years? Well, I think even before that, I think I think we find out later on in one of the Cersei chapters that before Rhaegar was wed, like back when Cersei and Rhaegar were both young, like young young, Tywin mm-hmm. asked Ares like, "Hey, let's marry our kids," and he was like. No, I would never, like, he basically, like, insulted Tywin somehow, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be misremembering that, but I think that happened, that we haven't learned about I would yet. never dilute our Targaryen blood or... Or, like, some, no, like some might say like you were up-jumped or something like that, because how would it look if I gave my hand's daughter to my son? Like I, I don't know what he said, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there was something like that, huh. um, that Cersei all remembers. Right. Oh, the one thing that you had mentioned was that Ares has all these scabs on him. Right when, J- yeah, when little, Jamie talks about House killing Ares, yeah, little House of the Dragon reference there. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, I mean House of the Dragon. Well, I, I mean, would say just, House of the Dragon is referencing the books, but yeah, we it, you know what we're it's talking just about. a a throne reference, a connection. I guess. Yeah, that like uh, the throne rejects people who aren't worthy. Ares, the more like mad he got, the more he started getting cut all the time to the point where they literally just called him Scab because he's, which is kind yeah. of what it seems like Viserys actually looks like in the book. In the book, yeah, like, the I Ares think the coolest the thing cut everywhere. And before, like I remember that we talked about this first time. The coolest thing, and I guess I give a little bit more respect to Jamie and less respect to Ares, was how he did slay the king. The show makes it seem like he stabs him in the back. Like he just took him by surprise and stabbed him, right? Yeah, like I think to, and at one point Ned even says, like, I can't, like a man who would stab his king in the back. And Jamie says, if I stabbed him in the belly, would you respect me more, Stark, or something like that, yeah. right? And again, maybe that doesn't mean that that's actually how it went down. Because mm-hmm. Jamie just, even in the books, has this air of, you don't deserve, like, don't judge me. Like, why do I owe it to you to tell you how it went down? Like, fuck, you think I stabbed him in the back? Like, who gives a fuck what you think? Right? How mm. does that make it less honorable? I think is his point. Not that necessarily right. that's how it went down, but how does that make it less honorable if I'm killing him for a good reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here it's, it sounds like he's coming at Ares with already a bloody sword. He killed, I forget what that guy's name was, but he killed somebody. Rossart, that's the hand who was just burning. Rossart was the hand who had been promoted because he was a pyromancer. Uh, right. And he was just like basically willing to dip anybody or use wildfire or basically just burn anybody. And he, and Ares had sent him to go burn Kill. the city down. Oh, right, Light right. the wildfire that would blow up everything. So yeah. Jamie stabs him. And then when he gets to Ares, Ares is like, I just sent Rossart to burn them all. And Jamie's yeah. like, well, good thing I well, killed him. He ain't, Time for he you ain't to go. getting there. Yeah, exactly. He's like, whose blood is that? And, he's like, and then he Rossart's. runs away like a little pig. <laughs> yeah, like squeals on the throne. Yep. Last thing I had is the the Kingswood Brotherhood quote. This is one of my favorite Jamie quotes, and there's another one in a few Jamie chapters that echoes back to this. Okay. Brienne here is scolding him. It's a precious gift to be a knight, and even more so the knight of the Kingsguard. It is a gift given to few, and a gift you scor- a gift you scorned and soiled. A gift you want desperately, wench, and can ever have. I earned my knighthood. Nothing was given to me. I won a tourney melee at 13. When I was yet a squire. At 15, I rode with Sir Arthur Dane against the Kingswood Brotherhood, and he knighted me on the battlefield. It was the white cloak that soiled me, not the other way around, so spare me your envy. It was the gods who neglected to give you a cock, not me. So the line that I like is, it was the cloak that soiled me, not the other way around. Right? Mm-hmm. Implying that before he was a Kingsguard, he he was an honorable knight. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't really a knight for very long. He was mostly a squire up until the Kingswood Brotherhood right. stuff. Right. But. but even, like, I, I would say, like, squire, we can consider that, like, knight junior. Like, you're doing knightish, knight-ish stuff, but just don't have the title yet, right? Exactly. So, like, he's fighting in the wars that seem right. Like, he's defending lands. He's helping the the women and, and sick leaving and whatnot. And then... I feel like being a squire is kind of like being a rookie on, like, a sports team. Except... Instead of after one year passes, you're not a rookie anymore. It's until the other, the veterans decide so you're then, not a rookie anymore. That's yeah. when you're not a rookie anymore. You know, which is kind of a cool way to do it. Which would, but would like, I don't know. It wouldn't work well in like high school teams when you got like so a kid you, who's like, like twenty who's still a, a squire. You could be a junior and you're still a freshman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That would be. So well, you're like a junior in, in academics, but you're still a freshman on the sports teams. You know that what I mean? That would be a, a lot more people would quit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, which maybe uh, maybe some squires quit because they never made it. They never made it. Yeah. So the the quote that it, that this reminds me of, or I think that kind of pairs with this, is later on Jamie will think something along the lines of, "I always wanted to be Arthur Dane, but somewhere along the lines, I became the Smiling Knight." And the Smiling Knight is like the head 
leader of the Kingswood Brotherhood, these outlaws that, that he got knighted fighting against. So mm-hmm. he thinks that I always wanted to be Arthur, but somewhere along the line I became this like dickhead guy. Who again, mm-hmm. the smiling knight was like they said like half chivalry and half madness. So it's not like he was just cruel. He was like I kind of see him like a barrack almost, but mm-hmm. a little more evil than friendly, where barracks more friendly than evil. He's still out there hanging people. Yeah. So I think that's all I had. Um, looks like we covered everything that I had noted from the previous one. Alright. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Sorry if uh, this isn't one of the best blow sections ever because of the bad edit. But yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one for Tyrion 2. Bye bye. Uh, two Lannisters back to back. How about that? I don't, I don't know if we had that since the Starks. Gotta love it. Bye.